First Metrosec is providing this podcast as a general market commentary. Reference to any specific security, product, or entity do not constitute as an offer or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments or to participate in any particular trading strategy. The statements, comments, views, or opinions expressed by the hosts are subject to change without notice and First Metrosec is under no obligation to update, amend, change, or correct any of the statements, comments, views, or opinions expressed. The statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of First Metrosec. First Metrosec disclaims any liability arising from reliance on or reference to any information obtained in this podcast. You are listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast, where we feature timely and relevant discussions on the Philippine stock market and the economy in the hope of providing you investing and trading guidance. Here's your host, Royce Aguilar, from the Research Department at First MetroSec. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our First Metrosex podcast. So we have here a very special guest. But before we introduce that company, let me share a brief info about SM Prime Holdings, Inc. All right. So SM Prime Holdings, Inc. was incorporated on January 6, 1994 and now has four business units, namely malls, residential, commercial, and hotels and convention centers. So SM Prime is the largest mall operator developer in the Philippines. And guys, it's not an exaggeration. They account for 50% of mall space in the country. And last time I checked, they already have the highest market cap in the Philippine Stock Exchange. Right, so this is a huge accomplishment for the company. And as of April 2022, SMPH has 79 malls in the Philippines and seven shopping malls in China. So the malls in China are located in the cities of Xiamen, Jinjiang, Chengdu, Zibo, Chongqing, Tianjin, and Suzhou. So you guys, so let me know if I make the wrong pronunciation. But that being said, they have seven shopping malls in China in these cities. The company has 61 SMDC projects. 12 office buildings, 9 hotels, 7 convention centers, and 3 halls. And SMPH even owns Sky Ranch, the amusement park in Tagaytay City. So now, let's discuss a brief highlight of their earnings. So in terms of their earnings, so our rebound in first quarter 2022, even delivering net income growth of 15% year-on-year to $7.4 billion on total revenue of $23.9 billion, which was, which was also higher by 15% year-on-year. And if you exclude the residential business, SMPH business segments, namely malls, office, hotels, reported double-digit revenue growth on the back of mobility easing and further reopening of the local economy. And before we start, I would actually like to highlight the mall segment. This is, at least in our view, this is the sector which has the most upside, in, at least in the coming 12 to 24 months, given the reopening, right? So in terms of malls, it contributed 40% of revenues, at $9.9 billion, which is made up of its mall businesses in Philippines and China. So revenue from domestic malls grew by 39% to $8.2 billion on the back of higher rental income of $7.6 billion and a high occupancy rate of 91% at its mature malls. So the significant recovery has been sustained in first quarter 2022, led by easing of community quarantine levels, that allowed more shops to operate, more leisure activities to take place. That even spilled over to the cinema, event ticket sales, and other revenues, which recorded 172% growth, 2.6 billion. And if you want to talk about the China mall business, it was stable even as the country's economic conditions tightened. But that's impressive. So it recorded 0.20 billion in revenues for the quarter. 
So that's 3% higher. Okay, so now, after introducing the company, guys, we have special guests from SM Prime Holdings. We have Miss Tiny App Investor Relations, Senior Manager of SM Prime Holdings, Inc. So, hi. Hi, Miss Tiny. How are you? Hi, Royce. I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for that introduction about SM Prime. All right. All right. So let's get started. We have a lot of questions sure. here for Miss Tiny because, of course, we're curious about the biggest market cap in the PSE. So we have a lot of questions. First question, Miss Tiny. So as mentioned in the introduction, SMPH saw a rebound in the first quarter, right? Net income, revenues. In 2021, net income also grew by 21% year in year. So pure double digit. So how was the company able to get past through the pandemic? What were the measures implemented that led to this outperformance, that led to this earnings growth? So go ahead. Okay. Well, Royce, as you know, and as you've mentioned earlier, the easing of restrictions has had a lot to do with this. No? That happened in March, and this allowed for the reopening of the economy that paved the way for the gradual recovery of our business operations, most particularly our malls. Like we always say, we treat our tenants as partners, and it is no secret that we had to give rental concessions, assisted them the best way we could, and ultimately preventing them from closing shop. In addition to that, we welcomed aboard new concepts in our malls even during the time of pandemic. We also saw the expansion of well-known brands, which holds true for Mi stores that initially gained popularity by way of its Xiaomi phones and longtime tenant partner and household favorite Mary Grace, among others. All right. So thank you. Thank you, Ms. Tiny, for that. Actually, this is a, this is an interesting question. So because during the pandemic, you know, a lot of businesses were finding difficulty in terms of operating. But, you know, there's this other side of companies which outperform because of online, right? Mm-hmm. So how does SM Prime plan to address the rise and growth of e-commerce? Well, even prior to the pandemic, we have been beefing up our very own app, SMOS Online, which has an omni-channel capability that allows for multi-brand checkout and one delivery fee. CyberZone, for example, which sells laptops and cell phones. This accounts for a significant portion of sales of our online sales, as well as retail shops relating to beauty and fashion, as well as food and beverages. Customers also have the option to pick up items in store or have their purchases delivered to their doorstep. This is already live in eight of our malls, and we're constantly rolling this out with the target to increase it to 14 malls by year end. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So for the next question, how will brick and mortar perform in the new normal? Because if you take a look at, for example, say US, there's just several news. If you take a look at the media, how they portray the retail segment in the US and other Western countries, it seems like it's a dying industry. So here in the Philippines, how will brick and mortar perform in the new normal? So go okay. ahead. Definitely not in the Philippines, nor rice. Mauling is deeply embedded in our Filipino culture, so much so that when the restrictions were eased, we saw the return of our customers and an uptick in footfall. Throughout the years, our malls have also evolved from mere shopping centers into a lifestyle space, where we have seen an increased occupancy by food and beverage-related businesses. So our returning patrons can expect their visit to be purposeful and experiential, with the offerings we have in our malls. Dining, leisure, retail therapy, entertainment, service centers, health clinics, name it. All these are available in SM Super Malls. We believe that shopping requires a tactile experience. Mm -hmm. 
consumers would want to try on merchandise or interact with a person in the know to address concerns about a certain product. Correct. People will always celebrate occasions, share meals together, etc. And these are invaluable factors that cannot be replaced by e-commerce. So having said that, the traditional brick and mortar stores will remain relevant. All right. So thank you. Actually, I've been to select SMOs myself and it's really a new normal na siya, no, Miss Tiny. So right. thank you. Thank you for that. So let's discuss a bit of the other segment. So for the residential business, as of first quarter, 46 out of the 61 SMDC projects in the country are located in Metro Manila. So that's according to your investor presentation. Right. The question is, for the coming quarters, for the coming years, will the company focus on expanding outside Metro Manila? And if you are planning to expand outside Metro Manila, is there any specific places that you plan to expand to? Sure. That's correct. We will launch residential units, particularly mid-rise buildings in provincial areas for the rest of the year. This will be located in Pampanga, Cavite, and Western Visayas. All right. Thank you. So for the listeners, hope you, you know where the RSMPH is expanding moving forward. As investors, of course, it's very important to lessen concentration risk. There are investments outside and within Metro Manila. So that's something good to hear. For the next question, as mentioned in the introduction, SM malls comprise 50% of Philippine mall gross floor area. So that's an impressive number. So the question is, how has the pandemic affected your mall expansion plans in the Philippines? And also, if you can share insights on expansion plans in China, if you may. So go ahead. Okay. Well, we carried on with our expansion plans during the pandemic, which admittedly depended heavily on the level of restriction set by the government. We managed to open two malls in 2020 and another two in 2021. In April this year, we launched SM Rojas City, the first of four malls slated to open in 2022, bringing our mall count to 82 by end of year. We also have some ongoing expansions or renovations that would, will add over 300,000 square meters of floor space to our existing GFA of 8.9 million square meters in the Philippines. In China, on the other hand, we're currently expanding SM Shaman with ongoing construction of Phase 3. We're also building a new mall in Yangzhou. This is a second-tier city in the Jiangsu province. These two projects are slated to open in the fourth quarter of 2022. And together, they will add about 370,000 square meters to our 1.3 million square meters total GFA in China. All right. Thank you. So a lot of expansion ahead, not only in the Philippines, but in China. So going back to the specifics of, of the mall segment, the mall segment has done well year to date, as mentioned also in the introduction. But this is probably something... A lot of investors are curious about. In terms of mall foot traffic and tenant sales, how much percent of the pre-pandemic levels is it already? And just to follow up, also, does the company have a target growth in mall revenues, income this year, if you have? So go ahead. I'm happy to share our latest mall stats with you. Foot traffic is already hitting 100% on weekends. As a matter of fact, some malls are reaching beyond pre-COVID levels, 101, 103%. On weekends, we're seeing foot traffic reach 80 to 85% of pre-COVID levels already. We have seen this grow steadily since the easing of restrictions that began in March, with nearly all our 
mall locations already under alert level 1. Average tenant sales, on the other hand, is at 85%. And among those who perform well are sporting goods, health and fitness shops, and cyber zone. Okay. The reopening of cinemas alongside the exciting lineup of blockbusters such as mm. Doctor Strange, yeah. Top Gun, is a yeah. clear indication that people will still go to the movies. Barring any significant disruptions, our mall metrics, you have uh, foot traffic, tenant sales, occupancy level, could go back to pre-COVID levels towards fourth quarter of 2022. All right. So thank you. Thank you for that, Miss Tiny. Actually, for the movies, eh, indeed, the bus. Because the US, it's yeah. it's like summer already. So there are a lot of movies coming out. And personally, I'm excited to MMFF in the UN. So all year round, yes, cinema is really the thing. So this is another segment that we're curious about. On the office side, what has driven occupancy rates year to date? Is it new tenants or renewals of existing tenants? So go ahead. Our office space is primarily occupied by BPO companies, the likes of Amazon, Telstra, Alorica, accounting for about 80% of our tenant mix. Remember that the BPO sector, even during the height of the pandemic, was one of the few select industries that were allowed to continue operating on site. So with this, our office business unit has remained resilient all throughout. All right. So thank you. Thank you for that. And this is another interesting question that definitely a lot of investors are curious about. Anything you can share on SM Prime's upcoming REIT listing? Please, if you have info, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> this is something that we have been working on with our advisors for the longest time. We know that the market has been waiting for it. To us, it's a matter of timing. Having seen quite the momentum in the recovery of our malls, our malls business unit, and bearing any new developments that could affect our operations, we're looking to list our malls during the latter part of the year or early 2023. Great. Thank you. Thank you for that information. This is the last question. And I won't say trend. In the past years, this has been like a need for companies, not only in the Philippines, especially all over the world. This has been a requirement even foreign investors to participate in. And this is, um, t- what I'm talking about is ESG. A company now must have strong environmental, social, and governance performance. That's a requirement now. And of course, for your company, SMPH, even your parent company, SM, and BDO was included in the FTSE for Good Index series because of the company's strong ESG performance. So can you elaborate more on SMPH sustainability agenda, how the company plans to continue putting emphasis on responsible growth anchored on sustainability and good corporate governance. So go ahead. Well, SM Prime hinges its developments on both sustainability and disaster resiliency. SM Prime drives change by building and managing properties that spur commercial activity and local economic growth. However, Given the scale of our operations and leading position in what remains a developing nation, we also recognize our broader responsibility to operate in a way that simultaneously preserves our natural resources while uplifting the quality of life in the communities that we serve. As a result, our sustainability programs and strategies align with our four-pillar framework of economy, people, environment, and community. 
But in the interest of time, Royce, our listeners may view our 2021 integrated report, which yeah. contains elaborate discussion of our ESG initiatives. Also, if I may add, as part of our sustainability roadmap, SM Prime targets to increase the share of renewable energy in its electricity consumption by more than 50% across all of our business segments by end of 2022. And this goal will be made possible by diversifying energy suppliers, as well as increasing the use of solar roof decks in our various properties. This shows our commitment to providing affordable and clean energy to our tenant partners and minimizing the carbon footprint of our operations. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Tiny, for, for that. It's, uh, we're, we're excited on the progress of the company, of course, on the operations, in, even on the ESG side. Hope investors, more investors could uh, recognize the company's efforts. So thank you again, Ms. Tiny, for answering all our questions. Last, do you have anything to say to all SM Prime investors out there as well as those planning to invest into the company for the long term? Thank you also, Royce, for having me. Well, we look forward to an eventful future for SM Prime after the disruption caused by COVID-19 in the past two years. We're optimistic about the recovery of our mall's business, our much-awaited REIT listing, and the reclamation project, which has been jump-started in 2021. Great, yeah. For more information, you may visit our website at www.smprime.com, which features our latest investor deck to learn more about us. Thank you. Thank you, Royce. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Tiny. Of course, oh, we have your Ms. Tiny App, Investor Relations, Senior Manager of SM Prime Holdings, Inc. So again, this has been also Royce Aguilar, Microsoft Research Analyst of First Meta Securities. In First Meta Securities, guys, it's hashtag your future first. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to First Metro Securities Philippine Stock Market Weekly Podcast. Don't forget to follow us to get first dibs on our new episodes. For more up-to-date market news and info, exclusive content, and the opportunity to connect with your fellow Filipino investors and traders, join facebook.com slash groups slash First Metro Sec and be part of the First Metro Sec family. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.